Hello and welcome back to part two of our chat with the lovely Gordon and Nilgen. Do you feel discriminated against for your age? You know, is that is that a reality? Definitely not. Okay. Definitely not. In fact, one of the things that made me realise I was getting old was when I dropped something when I from a shelf in um, M and S once, and this very young adult woman bent down and picked it up for me. I said, No, no, don't worry. And she said, No, 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 not at all. And it was just courtesy and respect. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel old, but she made me think that I was getting to that sort of age where people are thinking a bit yeah. more about you mm-hmm. in a different sort of way, in a very kind, courteous sort of way. Okay. You know, mm. but... Uh, and you, as someone who is still in a working yeah, environment, that's, that's yeah. what I, I mean, do you I, feel like you're um, discriminated against um, because of your age? What profession um, are you in? Um, She's a psychologist. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think in terms of if you put it in such a way, like if I've been redundant today, if I apply for a job, then there isn't definitely age discrimination mm, mm. so you feel like you wouldn't be yeah. hired do you... I don't think so really I don't think so yeah I don't think so I mean we do see those there's a lot of experience there's a lot of people is those uh, over 60s is no one tried no one employed them they, I mean they it's very strange though I don't employed. understand why that is a thing because surely someone over 60 has all the, I mean, if you, depending on, obviously, if they're qualified to do the job, but assuming that they are, you know, they have all the experience that you would require. You know, why would people not hire people over 60? What would be the thought process behind that? I guess they think that... Um, Is it like hiring aging... women who are going to have children so they don't yeah. hire them in case... No, do they I just think I you're going to drop yeah. dead and they don't so. want to hire you because I, of that? I think it's, there, there, are, there are lots of things. Our society isn't constructed anymore where it's age is respected in quite that same way or age mm-hmm. isn't perceived as a resource. Mm-hmm. I think things are changing slowly, but... Parallel with that is the discrimination against women as far as wages are concerned, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You go and have a baby, there's a discriminatory effect on your pension yeah. and all sorts of things like that. And that, I think, is also linked with this idea that if you're old, you might have a boss who's 29, 30 mm-hmm. something, mm. and they may feel that your experience is so way above them. They don't want to have someone like that who might be a pain in the neck. Right. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. On the other hand, you might use that as an enormously yeah. useful resource. If the boss is 29, they definitely not want to employ Re- someone 60. That's I mean, I don't think I yeah. would do that, though. I mean, I'm not 29, I'm 40. No, I but I would, I would, yeah. you know, I would hire someone in their 60s, Firstly, 70s. these days, they want someone, whichever the field is, is they want someone very good within the technology. And they yeah. said, if you are 60 plus, yeah. even 55 plus, never mind 60, 55 mm-hmm. plus, you are very slow. That's, That's what the they assumption. Because yes. I'm in that yeah. industry, and yeah. I was going to comment exactly mm-hmm. that, because yeah. I'm in digital tech slash uh, mm-hmm. social media, and they have the assumption that yes. if you're over a certain age, you know, the baby boomer, you're not as um, up to date on mm. emerging technology as the younger demographic. Mm. So that's Absolutely. the discrimination there. Exactly. They're the native digital consumers. It's like that. It's, it's like 
like where I am is 16 hours. My shift is 16 hours. They said, oh, after 55, can this survive? Can the body survive? So all those Yeah, but things, a 16-hour shift is obviously, you know, not uh, norm anyway. Like this isn't a, a standard working hour for most, you know, offices are nine to five essentially yes, so nine see, hour working day is it depends on the job i mean the, anything in medicine is mm. not nine to five yeah anything in teaching is not nine to five mm. and there are others it's not Police just the, is not nine to five. It, there, and there are other things as well that we probably aren't aware of the number of hours that people put in firemen and mm. you know emergency mm. services of yes. all kinds and but those people are... can still find jobs, maybe not in the emergency services, but there must be a whole heap of other things that Some, you know they could be a part yeah, of. Transferable skills is the issue, mm. you know. And if you've got those transferable skills, like IT and whatever else mm -hmm. you have, yes, you you are in a good position when mm. you leave something like the police or the army or mm. whatever. If you're you've got the intelligence to think ahead to that mm. point. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, the, the idea of discrimination, I noticed that when I was in my 40s, when I was looking for jobs outside of teaching and every one of them said I was too old. Yeah. yeah. 40. Yeah. So you people were being sidelined already. Yeah. They didn't perceive your skills as teacher. Now, of course, they they do see these things. Mm -hmm. And all my experience as a teacher have been invaluable as my work mm -hmm. as a therapist. Yeah. You know, and now how do I sell that if I'm going back in and I'm speaking to, a, you know, young head who is now 35 and young heads are very young. Mm. in schools these days mm -hmm. you don't teaching is not a job for life yeah anymore whereas you could be in one school for your whole life which is not a good thing anyway but the experience resource mm. dissipates very quickly in certain areas because mm. a people are burnt out they move on to another school or whatever it is for promotion mm. and a whole range of other things so you know i don't think it's necessarily discrimination mm. But I think it's the socio-economic structure of our society now which doesn't allow for people to stay in one place or in one profession for their whole life. Mm. You're, you're looking at sort of a five-year period sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then you're advised to move. Yeah. yeah. Or I think people also have a personal desire to move. And mm -hmm. I like how, you know, you evolved also by investing in continuing ed education to go into, you know, mm. therapy, right? And like, nowadays, I remember when I was much younger in my career, and the, um, it was really shunned upon if you skipped around jobs. Yeah. Right, mm, more than mm. a year. Now I'm hearing even from recruiters that like it's not at all because it's more accepted and it's the reverse. If you've been at a certain company or mm. organization for a really lengthy period of time, they have this look at it as like you're not as well experienced. Mm. So I think the yeah. perspective really changes with the whole like cultural dynamic. Yeah. I think anything extreme though, I mean as a employer, I think if I see people 
with CVs where they've moved around every six months, I get concerned. And then if I see someone who's been somewhere for 35 years, I get concerned. Yeah. You know, I think... But that depends the on normal. what you're looking for, really. Well, I get it? concerned more about, you know, if someone's been somewhere for 35 years, you know, I just think, okay, they are so wow. used to the, the way in which that, mm-hmm. that system within that particular company works mm-hmm. that I could never get this person to, you know, actually be a little bit more flexible about how my company works which would inevitably be different to you know wherever they come from and then the the moving around thing if I see people that are moving around too much then I just think why why are you constantly unhappy with where you are because when you employ someone the first six months you invest in them Mm. because you don't really get that much value out of them but you're investing how you yeah how you need your stuff done what your company does who who Mm -hmm. your people are and how you want things to be done. So that's an investment. So if someone moves around every six months or a year, then I don't want to spend six months investing into someone for them to leave, Mm -hmm. you know, six months later. That just feels like a, you know, a waste because then I have to go and do that again. You know, forget the monetary you know, loss, actually just the time loss in constantly having to, you know, train another person on all of these mm. things is it's just too much effort. But, but, but my wife uh, teaches as well, and in her school, they are getting lots and lots of people from business, from, you know, uh, financial companies, all sorts of things, legal, medicine, mm. changing career to become teachers. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not that teaching doesn't have its own issues, but to come from that sort of extremely highly paid business it suggests that it's less pressured, mm. yeah. <laughs> you know, to come into something like that. And I think it's not about the money with these people because they're very well healed by the time they, they moved. Mm. It's about giving back. And I think there is something very important about that Mm. because certainly teaching used to be about not vast salaries, uh, although they're important, um, and not measuring your time. Mm. And you just gave and gave and you ran clubs and you did lunches and you did this, that and the other. Mm. Now, because it's so pressured, people want to be paid for the extras they do, rightly so. Otherwise, it becomes too much like, well... What are you doing in your lunchtime? Mm. Why mm-hmm. aren't you? So I think that that sort of idea is an interesting one about people who are getting older, mm. who want that change, just like I wanted yeah. something that was different, yeah. that I had control over in some way. And, uh, you know, I think there's this thing that they're talking, I think it's the Labour Party or Liberals, I can't remember who, giving people money at certain periods in you know their life to go and retrain in something or mm. at the moment I think it's £10,000 but that's mm. over mm. you know quite a few years so it's not really that much by the time they get to say 40 or whatever but I think it's the right mm. idea yeah. that there should be this availability for that. retraining yeah. and I think years ago I met someone in uh, who was in, from Canada who said that after so many years of teaching they get a sabbatical where they can mm-hmm. go and do anything and it's paid for. And I think that's a fantastic idea in any profession if it can afford yeah. that sort of thing. I know it's tough, but just imagine if you knew that at some point, say when you're 35, you could have a year where you went and 
did something that mm. you really wanted to do, like learn to paint, for example. Yeah. And what would that bring back into the, your working community? Yeah. You'd be so energized, wouldn't you? So much more. Yeah. I mean, like when you expand your creativity, like outside of what you're so used to doing, I think it allows us to work a certain side of our brain that we're not used to always mm-hmm. doing, making us even more mm-hmm. like creative and innovative, all these ideas. So mm-hmm. I would love the whole sabbatical thing in my profession, yeah. <laughs> yeah. quite frankly. I mean, there's a couple of things I think from all of that, the the pension thing and the getting older and the the potential um, lack of financial strength is a concerning one. And I think when you uh, were saying that younger people now are a little bit more aware, so you know they are possibly looking into their pensions more. But I think that salaries now, in line with whatever they were, you know, thirty years ago, for the sake of argument. Um, in relation to living costs and the cost of how- buying a house and all these kinds of things are so not balanced and not working out that even if these people have private pensions, what they end up with in 30, 40, 50 years' time is not going to be enough for them. Mm-hmm. And some of these people are not going to have houses. You know, there's lots of young people who can't afford to buy homes anymore who may never be able to afford to buy homes. So they will never have an asset that they can, you know, fall back on either. So how are they how are they actually going to survive? We're we're going to have more people in poverty and not able to enjoy their retirement or not be able to retire until death maybe, you know, because of this reason. And I'm not sure that there is anyone really looking or addressing what's going to happen you know these statistics are out there from AGK they're out there from you know the, the national statistic mm-hmm. office so they're doing research into it but then what are they doing to address it you know you're going to have 25% of the population at 100 years old so how is that going to you know what are those people going to actually do they're going to be those are the people that are born in 2018 don't forget so they're definitely not going to be able to afford any homes by the time they get to that age how are they going to live you know how are they i think uh, we're in danger of going in going into the gloom and doom scenario aren't we Mm -hmm. because of the environment and you know all those sorts of concerns i mean they're not things to be sniffed at and say well no they don't matter but you know they're it's absolutely right that money has to be redirected. It can't yeah. be going to all the things that it's going to now. People have to start thinking very seriously about what we're spending on our huge budgets and the wastage constantly, governments, whatever the shade, coming in, having fantasy projects which fail, spending billions, mm-hmm. whether, you know, a new idea in education or in hospitals or whatever it is and we're not working in a synergetic way mm-hmm. within our society yes. the situation is actually um, just as dire in the US too like our social security is running out um, students are in deeper and deeper uh, school debt actually yeah. It's, yeah. and so the again the younger generation the millennials and Gen Z I mean at least from that perspective like in, in the US I think it's it's worse with the student debt situation yeah. compared to like the UK and so to make at least 
going to college more affordable, I yeah. think would be a massive change um, for that younger generation to be able to live a comfortable mm. life once they get to a certain age. It's something that I think personally as mm. an American needs to be addressed in our country. I mean, I think the problem is, um, for me, kind of Gordon hit the nail on the head by saying, you know, the government spends a lot of money, time, energy mm. on pointless things to win mm-hmm. elections to change stuff around that's mm-hmm. unnecessary and i mean the amount of money spent on war in the last 15 years between the us and the uk is a abysmal true, true. A- yes. amount of yeah. money so if you think about it and as a result of that what have we ended up with we've ended up with a lot of people who've come back with disabilities and all sorts of things Mental that the state Mental the state health, has yeah. to continue to obviously support, support. so yeah. there is an ongoing cost to war as well mm-hmm. um it's affected obviously elements of our security so there's mm-hmm. another ongoing cost mm-hmm. as a result of war so all these kinds of things that we're spending money on my personal political view on brexit is going to come out out here but you know this ridiculous brexit scenario where for the last four years the amount of money spent on forming you know uh forming focus groups and the government spending all its time and money advertising right now they're advertising you know brexit's gonna happen look up what you need to look up if you go and look up by the way the website says fuck all Right, because there's no information, because there's no, no deal, because there's no, and it's just this vicious circle. So and it's going to go on for ten years at least after this, because they've got to negotiate. Exactly. So we're going to continue to spend more waste money. Rate. We're going to, co- and it, this is all just waste. And then we have this young population that are coming out with all these debts from university mm-hmm. that are coming out and unable to afford, you know, basically anything, and an, and an aging population mm-hmm. who at some point are going to get to a situation where, you know, their state pension and perhaps even their private pension will not help them even survive at the bare minimum. So it just seems like, to me, just some ridiculous stuff that we're wasting our time and money and energy on. Whereas maybe the government can support companies to give sabbaticals, you know, because I'm sure big companies can afford to do that anyway. But why should employees, for example, working for me, be penalised because they're working for me? Because my company isn't huge and can't afford to support a sabbatical for a year you know but it may be able to if there was some government support for it to do so do you see what i mean so why can't we form more money time and effort into this sort of stuff to actually maintain people's well-being think about their future think about uh their youth Earlier on, Gordon, you were commenting that lots of young people have a lot of anxiety. I'm sure ha- coming out of university with 50k in debt adds yeah. to that anxiety. Well, you I know, imagine the anxiety yeah. begins yeah. before they start because they think, "Am I going to get value for this?" Exactly. And, you know, they are clients now, but they're not mm-hmm. treated like clients. Yeah, exactly. If you pay 50 grand for anything, you are the client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, that has to change. As the mentality regarding that also has to change. But there's another irony in this whole you know, a millennial thing, because the millennials allegedly all have houses, and those houses are now worth on an average nearly a million because mm. of the way the house price thing goes. Mm-hmm. But my mum's recently moved into a care home mm. because she's got Parkinson's and dementia onset and so on. And everything she's worked all her life for, I'm now using her savings to pay yeah. for her care. Exactly. Then when that's done, the house goes. Yeah. So what are we actually working for when at the end of life, this thing is the inevitability of living longer? Yeah. It's not something 
people have planned, oh, I'm going to live on the state when I'm 89 and I've got Alzheimer's. You don't think like that. And I think the conversation at the moment about care in the community is the most pressing Mm, of these yeah, things yeah. because we need to make sure and we're all going to be there at some point of course, mm-hmm. if yeah. the world is still around you know we need to make sure that there is a community mm. system service linked coherently with hospitals gps social work and all these things that bring it together rather than disparate groups all working frantically to try and make sense of what one organization is doing and not knowing what the other one is doing and somebody like you have to sort of somehow link it all together in order to service the clients patients that you get yeah so this anxiety thing leading to depression and self-harm which is on the rise especially for young people suicide suicide where's all that going and of course you know all these things with um, county line gangs and everything Mm. that's all part of the picture it's not a separate thing it's part of the disintegration of the community which i was talking about earlier on Mm. where you have extended families extended communities who supported each other Mm. it's not that people don't want to they can't our society is fragmented now yeah and with social media you don't know where you are really Mm -hmm. having said all that I like Nilgan's positive frame because I think despite all these things, there are a lot of good people out there doing a lot of good things Mm. to make life better for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I wonder for people like me who don't have children, you know, you helped your mother, you know, this kind of stuff. I like who would who would help me you know i may be oh senile God, no. no do you know what i mean i may have lost now some part of my too, no but yeah. it's true so yeah, how are true. you supposed to work that out you can be an older person and actually mm-hmm. not have younger people that can yeah. help you yeah. you know or the that thing have... is there is obviously a couple of issues here of course the gps will help you if you get senile they will know anyway so they get the right people to come and help you especially if you're single person or alone with no children or no relatives to help however there is other issues as well like there used to be a lot of charities a lot of community centers mm. who help mm. those people to access those the church hall doors, and things like yeah, that those programs or they let you aware that there is other benefits that you can access or there is chairs if you have any back problem nhs will provide you that so all the information in that community center and and also advice advisor there once Mm -hmm. or twice a week you go you establish trust and then they help you they support you or gps but now gps has difficulties to cope with the patient demand and charities because of the government after the 2008 financial crisis it's been cut everything so charities have no longer available to give those services i mean there where the issues is i guess of course we are talking about london but when you go more countryside they are so isolated those people we are talking about the pension was it being enough i mean, I mean government is giving bank bank uh, 
card and, things. Uh, and I can't imagine even myself this age to access the telephone banking is just I get so annoyed mm, really so. forget your age same. even I get annoyed <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like please so many questions and they said oh it, it's wrong mm-hmm. answer uh, you said no this is my birthday you know I know my birthday no wrong yeah. <laughs> and then then they don't actually connect you to the uh, exactly. uh, uh, right. customer service. Yeah. You need a human to talk. But there is no to explain your problem. Yeah. Reveal when, your pain. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, when I used to do telephone banking with Lloyds, they always went through this whole thing, you know, give your account number and everything. And I used to say, advisor, advisor. Advisor, <laughs> until at the end they said, We will pass you to an advisor. Because I was fed up of putting in all my details, yeah. and they said, I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> Not what you want to hear. So, um, and those people feel lonely as well, isn't mm. it? They mm. used to be befriending charities. Yeah. Now Is they are more relying on neighbors, isn't mm. it? There's, there's still a lot of stuff out there, but even those sort of like, you know, friend people to go and friend you and so on, they cost money. To have someone come and visit her every Thursday or something like that, or to do her shopping, that all cost. And it did. Is there, it there's not, charities, it's, it's not befriending. No, 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 it's a totally different it's thing. It's yeah. yeah. No, I understand that. But there are lots of these things where you just can't afford it unless mm. you've got a certain amount mm. of money. And one of the things I learned and have learned from doing all this is that, not that I didn't have respect before, but I have huge respect for all these organisations when you do get through, and they're so helpful and kind and etc. And even if they're a bit irritable sometimes, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. you can understand why. Because yeah. you've got thousands of people constantly expecting yeah. to do like yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know. Just do it. Yeah. But that's not how it works. So is there anything else that you guys are doing personally to help yourself prepare better? I mean, because we just discussed we can't rely on the government. You know, you can reach out to these charitable organizations. But is there anything else that helps you feel a little bit more secure and prepared? Not consciously. I think all the things that we've said, you know, with Mm. friends, doing things with friends, being active, you know, exercise or whatever it is, you know, you have to, you have to keep alive, you have to keep your interests, whatever they are, Mm -hmm. or new interests even. I mean, I started archery and uh, I used to do it years ago and I started it again and it's great, Mm. you know, to be able to do something, pick it up like your art and uh, feel why should you not learn something new or refresh something from the past obviously we talk about a lot of upsetting stuff i feel so emotional now especially seeing gordon's experience helping his mother go through with this and this is going to be ongoing for him now from now on to support the mother, unfortunately, I know the system very well where I work. Do I see myself in that situation? And that's what I understand from your yeah. question. Or and how you, am I yeah, preparing yeah. myself? Like, is there anything when that you're I doing that? to... Yeah. I have to be honest, no, I don't. 
and I do not want to prepare myself mm-hmm. that. And I guess I'm going to live every minute of it. I don't know what I'm going to be faced, whether I'm going to be suffer Parkinson or, mm-hmm. or um, dementia or mm-hmm. something else. Hopefully I will have a heart attack and gone. Uh, without yeah. I any, guess you don't know issues. how yeah. you're going to yeah. go, so right? So I yeah. do yeah. not want to because last six, not 60 years, obviously because mm-hmm. I'm 61, I haven't started worrying when I was yep. one years old, probably after 15, so mm-hmm. count back. So 40 years, 45 years, I worry for everything anyway. I do not want to worry anymore. I love so that. I just yep. want to live, just live in what the I have moment. two years, ten years, maybe another mm-hmm. fifteen years, and hopefully just hope and pray that I will die with a car crash yeah. or anything. Oh, that we no, don't no, no, let's no. not say that. No, 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 what no. I am saying, yeah. without going but through think, all these things yeah. or giving because it's not just you going through but your family going through as well your daughters your sons your children Mm -hmm. they have to cope with this as well yeah and and do i mean gordon done it perfectly wonderfully but spent so much time he was Mm -hmm. lucky that he was retired so he had Mm. time Mm -hmm. on his hand to go through and and I understand how he was. I know how he was yeah. frustrated during this period. So it is hard for the person and also person relatives as well. Yeah. So, but no, I do not think. I don't want to think. I refuse yeah. to think. I just want to enjoy every. Minute. I love that. And so when much. I face yeah. that difficulties, mm-hmm. then. We'll think about. I, I, I think, I think yeah. it's when you do have a parent in that situation. It's it's a defining moment in your life, let alone theirs, and especially for the family because it's the the emotional conflicts that you go through in yourself about everything that's going on, from compassion to guilt to irritation, anger, even emotional uh, feelings. I mean, you you go through the whole lot. You can't avoid it, and it changes you as well. And from that point of view, I, from to answer your question in a way, I hope to God, just like you, I never get to that point. I don't want to live beyond the point of being useful or being important in that sense. I don't mean important title, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean in a way that's not, oh, he needs to be taken to the loo yeah. or something like yeah. that. You know, I don't want to be in that condition. I'd rather go quickly. Mm-hmm and linger for years and years mm. yes are we arranging well, something yes we'll oh. arrange together darling <laughs> so i think since they've made some sort of agreement we're gonna have to make an agreement because chris okay like we basically don't have any kids yeah. <laughs> so and i don't think i plan to have any but the thing either. is mm-hmm. i think there are lots of people in our age group now mm-hmm. because people are you know getting married later having yep. kids later yep. or choosing not to have kids anymore uh, yeah. you know so certain social standards have changed quite dramatically yeah. um in recent times so i think that there's going to be a lot of people like yeah. us in our yeah. age group mm-hmm. you know 20 30 years down the line sitting in in these two young people's seats uh-huh. so um we're gonna have to make like a community pact <laughs> because i'll be you there know, for you Eve. <laughs> we need to be there for each other basically I, and you know you never know like things might change because there is that loss of that fragmentation yeah. you were talking about and loss of community Absolutely. you know yeah. you're kind of just reliant upon your family but people mm-hmm. used to be kind of reliant 
upon each other, right? Yeah. The streets took care of neighbors. And, but I, but I also you think know? that uh, it's also part of a golden age myth. Mm. That everyone loved each other. <laughs> well, they each might other. not have loved Life each other, tough, but yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm sure there were lots of people who slipped through the very big nets. I think, and I hope people are more aware of what is going on around them. Mm. Uh, my mum was very lucky that her neighbours used to take her a meal in the evening. Yeah. And we all lived so far away, we couldn't be there every day. Yeah. And you're right, it's lucky that we're mm. not working, my brother and I. But that's just by chance. Mm -hmm. If you And there are plenty of people who are working with families who look after their relatives, mm. yeah. parents and so on. So Different. we're going to open an old age commune, you and I. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. And we're going to pull everyone together. And we're going <laughs> to zim a frame around that. I, I, <laughs> I, I think you it, should. I, th yeah. I think, I think, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. It's yeah. a yeah. brilliant idea. Yeah. And you can be an example for other people. Yeah. It's not just your generation. Mm -hmm. Uzi's generation yeah. or well, generation after yeah. you. Yeah. It's for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, no. I think yeah. we should look into how we're going to make can that do. happen. Well, I mean, you're kind of starting something with the W. Oh, yeah. Yeah, women. Yeah. I, I'm working on something with building a women's community, too. And yeah. no, all jokes aside, like, I think there's some something there that where if we can build a tighter relationship with women supporting each other as well and just, you know, just supporting all our friends. And I Absolutely. think, yeah. Yeah, without having to rely on... Do you think... Um, we will let you into the club too, don't worry. We <laughs> yeah. should make it men and I was just, yeah. <laughs> you can employ us as a consultant. Yes. Remember our experience you know and wisdom. What? That is the thing about communes and social kind of uh, businesses though, right? It's not just about providing something, but uh -huh. it's also about engaging. So those people are working within those. Yeah. It gives them a purpose, right? It gives them something to sort of become a part of. Not mm -hmm. not just in terms there's of a receiving, bigger, yeah. but you know, there's a bigger yeah. purpose yeah. of what that company is doing and all these social enterprises. And actually, again, going back to the younger generation, they are more interested in actually being employed and working for companies that have a social mission. Mm. Yeah. They, are oh, yes. the, they are the ones, actually, to my surprise, that are more socially conscious. Yeah about um, a lot of different issues that And they like working together with a joint idea. Yeah, yeah. they're fueled by mind. it. Yeah, That's why places like Google are doing so exactly. well. Exactly. I mean, I'm so jealous of the Google apprentices. I did look <laughs> to see if I could become one because obviously, you know, my skill set doesn't lie, you know, in the area that uh -huh. Google uh, work within. But unfortunately, because they're ageist, <laughs> uh, you can't be a Google apprentice at my age, which I was very disappointed really? what by. Was the yeah, age? I was very disappointed because I, I genuinely thought, you know, I could quite easily, you know, you're talking about people in busy jobs, mm. all are kind of looking at potentially teaching mm. and other things. Mm. And I was like, I could work for Google, you know, I could be an apprentice. That's like something I could mm -hmm. do, like as a, okay, I'm done with the crazy you know 19 hours a day yeah, yeah. thing you know what what would be an alternative mm -hmm. for me and i thought i'd love to work for a company like google you know but no the maximum age i think yeah, is like what? it's 29 oh, really? yeah yeah Gosh. talk about ageism yeah. mm. no how do they argue that one i don't know but you just can't be a google apprentice at my age 
That's it's it. interesting, you know, because, you know, we went, my wife and I went to Qatar. She got a job there. And the job came up in her school for someone to work in the English department. And they said to Sinead, your husband used to be a teacher, didn't he, English? Mm-hmm. And so just tell him to come and talk to us. And it's just a conversation and he'll, he'll get the job. So we thought, oh, great, you know, because I was just sitting there in this terribly hot country doing nothing. And then the guy who said, oh, just tell him to come and talk to us, turned around and said, oh, how old is he, by the way? And because I was over 60, I was 65 at the time, they said, ah, he's too old. So 60, if you're below 60 and turn 60 and you've got a job there, you're all right if you're working after 60. But if you're already past that, you can't work. Gosh. And they're starting to do that in lots more countries like India, for example. Mm-hmm. Before, there was no age yeah. limit to you going to the country to yeah. work as a teacher, for example. Yeah. But now that's changing too. So they're, they're, countries are beginning to see, I suppose, it's a, it's a way of keeping it fresh and young, mm-hmm. big turnovers. And also, in the case of India, might be to protect their own jobs, yeah. you know, um, mm. as well for the yeah. people who are coming up. I don't know. But... You know, that idea Mm. that you're old Mm. is not an idea about what's in your head. It's a social construct. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And that is the issue. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. nailed it right there. There should so be some retraining opportunities and, you know, getting back into careers at older ages opportunities. It should just happen. I think companies should just make that happen. But you know what would happen if, say, a group of 10 geriatrics, in inverted commas, whatever that age is now, mm-hmm. uh, got together and formed a company, it would be celebrated because there were all these old people doing things that they shouldn't be doing because yes. they're too old. Yes. 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 Usually, like, you know, for a trend to happen, yeah. there has to be at least three different types of, whatever, you know, series. Okay, yeah. so like, let's start tomorrow, a Tomorrow we're opening a company <laughs> for you two. Yes! <laughs> Find another eight old people. <laughs> <laughs> But you see, I personally would not want to work with everybody my own age. I'd want to work with much younger people Mm, because I think that's That's how it is. That's okay. Your your partners partners can all be whatever. I would love to hear. I just want to know. I'm going to tell you if you want. No, not that I don't want to, but I think you need diversity. And that's Mm. the whole point of what we're saying about us working with younger people. So Mm. why would we want to exclude young people from something we were organising for older people? Because they too have new ideas now. They're not the same. They don't drink as much. They're not so promiscuous anymore. They don't take drugs in the way that our generation used to. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. One of the questions I ask all my clients is, you know, have you ever taken drugs? Yeah. Recreational yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're so honest. I think, yeah. my God, would I ever say that I had taken this or that? Yeah. Oh, no, they just, you know, yeah. occasionally I try cocaine now and everything. And I think, my God. So, you know, you're not talking about 19-year-olds taking cocaine or anything. You're talking about much older people yeah. mm-hmm. who are still doing that thing. Yeah. So why not have people, mm. I don't want them to be Puritans and don't have any fun. Yeah. But... You know, why not have mm. diversity? That's the whole point of society. It's diverse. It's not a monoculture. Love, yeah. yeah. Do you have... That's my reason. Yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> I just wondered. Okay, yeah. one last question. Oh. You have both lived, obviously, a very full life now that I find out about <laughs> all the drug stories. <laughs> um, I didn't say they were mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Do you have any regrets? No. Me? No, not at all. I think if you live with regrets, then you've missed out on something. I think you should see the things that went wrong as challenges and experiences from which you can grow and learn. And maybe you don't always, but isn't that the point of all these things, to challenge our perceptions of ourselves and our environment and to move forward if we can. Okay, good. No regrets? Not at all. Would you advise your 30-year-old self anything? Now that you've had another 30 Mm -hmm. years, what would you say? Look forward to reach 60, that's what I said. Work harder now, but enjoy it when you are 60. Well, there is nothing really I can advise myself. I I mean, I learned from my mistake. I didn't see them as a mistake. That's like who I am now. It's a part of the process. It's a part of the process. But no regret whatsoever. But you can't change what? anything. Even if you do regret it, what are you going to change? Mm. The minute you've said a word, it's gone. It's in the past. It's history. Mm. So what are you going to do with the rest? Yeah. It's a good question about taking, you know, advising your 30-year-old because that's one of the therapeutic ways I work with people mm. who are stuck. In that you, you take them back with all the knowledge, experience and the wonderful things that have happened to them since mm-hmm. and advise that person before the event mm-hmm. how to be ready for it and how to overcome it. Yeah. That's actually the brand I'm creating the community called PS Younger Self. Oh, right. And so one, one thing I actually took away from you, Nelgan, that I, I would want to tell my younger self, even my 20-year-old, is to not worry so much. Absolutely. Is what mm. exactly what I got from you and something that I've been practicing mm. right now because what you're worrying about now actually might not even be relevant and it's all about this future that we have no control over. And again, like you said, it so perfectly, which I'm trying to practice as well, too. Live in the present moment. Absolutely. And just enjoy and life. Because yeah. you're absolutely right. We only have one life. Between you and I, it's going to get a lot, you know, shorter and come faster. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been an eye-opening experience. Yes. <laughs> In what sense? Well, it's just been really interesting. You know, I've been, as I say, waiting for this episode for a while now to talk to you both and have had lots of questions and thoughts about it and, you know, ideas of my own in my own head about, you know, what it is like getting older and even though I'm not over 60, obviously, um, just even being older Mm -hmm. compared to, you know, my 20-year-old self, I can obviously feel differences in my own attitudes and thought processes probably more in the last 10 years than ever before. I think until you get to about 30, you're kind of wavering, you know, up and down around the same sort of style of thought. But then after 30, you know, slowly things develop. And that's where I've seen the biggest change in my own self, in my own development. So therefore, I've had lots of questions about what happens you know, next, further down the line. and But what we talked, it was our experience. Mm. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same for you. Of Maybe course. yours is going to be more challenging, more fun. It's all up to you. Yeah. I believe yeah. one thing. Whatever the environment you are living in, yeah. that politics, you can't do anything really yeah. unless you vote and then wait. The things happen. Yeah. But the rest, your life... Your attitude is yours. It's up to you to change it. Mm. It's up to you to feel happy. It's up to you to feel Mm. upset. There is some things that 
you can't control yeah. like the system but that doesn't mean even if you are poor or yeah. if you can't access those facilities that you're gonna make your life miserable i think that's Again, the best yeah. thing that gives you more joy mm-hmm. and more mm-hmm. success i learned the happier i get more successful i get and more no, I think people that's true. demanded Absolutely. being with me be my friend mm-hmm. so you yeah. you give positive energy and people want that because mm-hmm. honestly not just the uk not america whole world getting so negative Mm. negativity yeah. around mm. politics financial crisis it's bleak isn't it it's yeah. bleak yeah it's very bleak so just be happy mm. and just be thankful that we are here and we are enjoying and mm. we are healthy as much as we mm. can and so going back to although you were saying my experiences will no doubt be different to yours because we're all different people but both of you have the same final sort of take home in terms of you know the message you're giving about happiness and about it's about how you think and how you feel and you know not being bogged down too much by some of these external factors that are out of your control i think one, so, one, of, one of the things that i've learned uh, and i think especially as i've done uh, been a therapist is that we often respond to our emotions not what we're actually hearing mm. or seeing we take what we want to hear from what a person is saying so if you're mm-hmm. in a situation where somebody's angry with you or you're angry with them you don't hear what they're actually saying and so what i try to do is to suggest that like people who go on television if you see them being interviewed like politicians or business CEOs and so on they're asked very awkward questions about which they could be incredibly angry and irritated but you see them responding with great equanimity and they take what they need to take from whatever it is they're dealing with and they leave the rest behind they don't fall into the bait the trap mm-hmm. of becoming emotional mm-hmm. and i know that from things that have happened to me in the past my own reactions have been the cause of those problems mm-hmm. ultimately not the cause but the consequences and so on so that's one of the things i'd say to people is hear listen to what is actually being said because people communication is so difficult because people have got their own agendas their own mm-hmm. things happening in their heads so if they don't hear what they want to hear it's very difficult isn't it mm-hmm. um, we're all subject to that well you guys have certainly made you know reaching 60 very optimistic and exciting thank you for I'm sharing glad. sharing yes. your wisdom and positivity and wholeheartedly agree it's about energy and mindset Great. Well, I hope that we can be as fabulous as you two when we're that age. I hope hope you'd be better than us, really. Well, we're going to have a big (laughs) argument when we leave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you and I would be 85. No, I'd be 81, but you'd be 86 when they reach 60. Mm. And I'm sure we still I think uh, this calls for another podcast in 20 years <laughs> time. <laughs> oh, I hope we do See another one sooner. <laughs> See you guys. No. Thank you, uh, Chris, for joining me today. Oh my God, the show. Thank you to my guests for joining us as well. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, thank, thank you. you very much. And really thank you to, to our listeners for listening. And please come back next week for another episode of Poopology. Love.
But uh, what was the question originally? <laughs> <laughs> Is that, is that a sign of old Sorry. age, Gordon? Yeah, I think, I think. Sorry, what did you I, say? I, I, <laughs> I think this is towards me. Sorry. Have I talked to you? No, no, no. 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 I just, I just...